Well, this story uh, with, a, with a rather old-fashioned lady is about an old-fashioned lady who was planning a couple of weeks vacation uh, in Florida. Uh, she also was quite uh, delicate and uh, elegant with her language. She wrote a letter uh, to a particular campground and, and asked for reservations. She wanted to make sure the, the, that the campground was fully equipped, but she didn't know quite how to ask about the, here we go, can we say this in church, the toilet facilities, okay? Uh, she, she just couldn't bring herself to write the word toilet in her letter. After much deliberation, she finally came up with the old-fashioned term, bathroom commode. But when she wrote that down, she still thought she was being too forward. So she started all over again, rewrote the entire letter, and referred to the bathroom commode simply as the BC. Does the campground have its own BC, is what she actually wrote. Well, the campground owner, he wasn't quite old-fashioned at all. And um, when he got the letter, he, he couldn't quite figure out what the lady was talking about. What did that BC mean? It, it was just really stumping him. After worrying about it for several days, he showed the letter to, uh, to other campers, but they couldn't figure out what the lady meant either. The campground owner finally came to the conclusion that the lady must, what was and must be asking about the location of the local Baptist church. So he sat down and wrote the following, following reply. Dear Madam, I regret very much the delay in answering your letter, but I now take great pleasure of informing you that the BC is located nine miles north of the campsite and is capable of seating 250 people at one time. I admit it is quite a distance if you are in the habit of going regularly, but no doubt you will be pleased to know that a great number of people take their lunches along and make a day of it. They usually, uh, they usually arrive early and stay late. The last time my wife and I went was six years ago, and it was so crowded that we had to stand up the whole time we were there. It may interest you to know that right now, there's a supper plan to raise money to buy more seats. They plan to hold the supper in the middle of the BC, so everyone can watch and talk about this great event. I would like to say it pains me very much not to be able to, do, to, to, to go more regularly, but it is surely not for a lack of desire on my part. As we grow older, it just seems to be more and more of an effort, particularly in cold weather. If you decide to come down to the campground, perhaps I could go with you the first time you go, sit with you, and introduce you to all the other folks. This is really a very, very friendly community. <laughs> Pretty funny, huh? Well, there's also, there's also a well-known Broadway producer. His name is Jed Harris. He once became convinced that he was losing his hearing. He, he, visited, he, he went and visited a specialist who pulled out a gold watch, and he asked, can you hear this ticking? Of course, Harris replied. The specialist walked to the door and asked the question again. Harris concentrated and said, yes, I can hear it clearly. Then the doctor walked into the next room and repeated the question a third time. A third time, Harris said he could hear the ticking. Mr. Harris, the doctor concluded, there is nothing wrong with your hearing. You just don't listen. Can you relate to these couple stories a little bit here this morning? We seem to, uh, to at times be on totally different pages with the ones that we love, right? Or in our relationships, our friendships and stuff. You guys ever been there where you just feel like you're just not quite connecting? 
a relationship can never thrive if it never learns how to get on the same page. And the way you get on the same page is through healthy communication. Well, what we communicate and how we communicate is of, is of so much importance, isn't it? Last week, we talked about the foundational piece that, that our homes and relationships should be built upon, and that is simply the love of God, right? The love of God is the foundation with which we build everything else in our lives, putting God first, putting God first in everything. We not only have to have love as the foundation of everything, but we must also know how to communicate with our spouses or our children, our bosses, with, our relate, with, with all those in our lives, and especially in our homes, if we're ever going to have a home that reflects the love of God. Love is the foundational piece that, that connects and makes all the other pieces in our lives work, function, and thrive the way God had de- has designed them to. The way we communicate with, with others is an indicator of whether we are living in and out of the love of God. Your communication says a whole lot. The way you communicate in your homes, the way you communicate with others says a whole lot about what, what are you living in and out of? Are you living in and out of the love of God? Let's see what the Bible has to say about this this morning in the book of Ephesians. If you open up in Ephesians chapter number 4. And as we uh, talk through this scripture, my goal for you today is to leave here with some tools and maybe a little better understanding and how to have maybe a little bit better communication skills there with those in your household and those with which you rub shoulders with every day in your life, just to have some better communication. Here in Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse number 25, we're going to kind of just walk through several verses here this morning. But the uh, Apostle Paul, he wrote this in verse number 25. He says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Let's stop. Paul, right here, when he's writing this, he, he, he's giving us something really, really, really important, uh, 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 an important piece here for our relationships. And he's telling them right, right here, he's, he's letting the church know here that we need to know what it is to be open and honest and truthful with one another. In order for this to happen, though, you know what your spouse and your kids and your friends and the people in your life need? They, they will receive openness and honestness and truthfulness from you when, when they know that you are talking to them from a place of love. When you know that that foundational, when you're living out of that main foundational piece that, that we looked at last week of having love, a love that, that, that is built on Jesus, when we're living in and out of that, it's a whole lot easier for your spouse and others around you to receive that open, honest, and truthful. Because when love is foundation, the hard talks that need to be had in life can be had. The conversations that, that, that need to happen in most homes or relationships, though, can happen because there is no trust that the other person has your best interest in heart. You can't be open and honest and truthful because the other person, because whether you or, or, or your spouse about you or they're in your other relationships, to where, you know, you can't be open, honest, and truthful because the other person doesn't believe that you truly love them. That they don't truly believe that you have their best interest at heart. The basis for relationship the, 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 is, is anything, everything but that. 
to where it, 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 it's living for yourself, putting your needs first, put, putting, you know, to where it, and your spouse knows that, you're, the, the ones you live with know, know what you prioritize in your life. And when, they know, when, they, when people around you don't know that they are a priority, then they don't, they're not so much apt to hear what you have to say. Even if it is truthful, right? You guys with me? Yeah, it, it, is, it is of utmost importance that, that, that we have this uh, open communication that needs to happen within our households. But a lot of times it can't happen because the basis for it, we're not, we're not having these talks from the right place, from the right heart. You know, he goes on in verse 26, he says, be angry and do not sin. And do not, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Those of you that are in relationships, those of you that are married, boy, you really need to lean into this right here. Do you realize you can be upset about something, so upset that it turns to anger? You guys have been there? Yeah? And then, you know, but that anger doesn't have to turn into sin. You'd be like, well, you mean anger's not sin? No, it doesn't have to be. Sometimes you ought to be angry about some things in life, right? You must deal with whatever situation comes up, and when things are left unsaid, when, 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 when things are just glossed over, then there's no healing and there's no pain. There's no healing for the pain. The pain, the anger, then has a way of taking root and destroying you. Anger has a way of turning into bitterness in our lives. You know, something that Stacy and I learned from the very beginning in our marriage, and we didn't do it, and boy, we know what it is to totally do this the wrong way, but there's some things that we've done the right way a whole lot. And one of the things that, that we've always done since the very beginning, and this is 25 plus years now going on 26, is that um, th there are times that we'll actually fight, you know, and we'll have little words, and we'll have things where our communication is not the best. I know that's hard for you guys to understand for me, but because um, uh, I am a very pleasant individual most of the time, right? Um, but, but, you know, there are times where our communication is not quite hitting on all cylinders, and um, we, have made it a, we have just made it a point in our lives to put this into practice, to not let the sun go down on our wrath, to go down on our anger. There, are, there have been, thank the Lord, we kind of grew up after the first five years. Um, but in the first five years, there were times where we were up to three or four o'clock in the morning, handling our problems, talking through stuff. We just couldn't sleep, you know, that there were times I think Stacy just wanted to knock me out, you know, so, so that she could just rest or whatever, right? But, but you know, there, there, we were just intentional that we were going to spend the time, that, 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 that we were going to talk through whether or not sometimes we didn't figure everything out, but we got to a good place at least there to where we could lay down and rest. Have you ever just tried to go to bed and not handled your problems? It's tough to sleep, isn't it? It's tough to sleep when, 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 when things in your relationships just aren't quite right. You know, God knew what he was talking about whenever he wrote these things. And when he tells us, don't let, your, don't, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, on your anger, boy, it's of so much importance. And then if you want to have a healthy and thriving relationship, you've you got to get to the point where you can have those hard conversations, where you've got to live out, of, live out of a place of love to where the other person understands, boy, there are times where you have to have those conversations and you, have to, you might have to say something that might be a little bit hurtful, but you've got to say it in the right way. Have you guys ever um, uh, said something and, and your wife just didn't receive that, that apology because you just said it and rolled your eyes? You know, body language matters too a lot in these things, right? 
Yeah. And uh, there, are time, there was a time, uh, reminds me of uh, when we were in Detroit still, and there was, I, who knows what the heck Stacy and I were fighting about this time. We were driving down the road. We had, uh, we, we had a Chevy Cavaliers, the first new car we bought. We got out of Bible college. We got in our ministry, and we bought a 1996 Chevy Cavalier. Well, we were just living high in the hog, right, you know, this green Cavalier. And, uh, but I remember we, we were going home, and whatever we were fighting about, she was just giving me an earful, you know, and I'm just sitting there just nice and quiet and everything. And um, of course, you know, there's two sides of the story, right? So uh, I'm just up here. She'd have a different version than some of this, I'm sure. But, but so we're driving down the road and, and she just letting me have it. And I just had it in me. I thought, you know, I looked over at her. I said, honey, I just love you and I'm not going to fight with you. Ooh, that was not the right thing to say. I didn't, you know, I, it was, I said it in the wrong way. I, I said it to be spiteful, right, you know? I didn't have the right heart attitude, and boy, that just was like throwing dynamite on this thing. My grandfather um, uh, told me uh, before Stacy and I got married, and uh, my grandmother would get going at times, you know. We always knew when Grandma was getting tired and she started getting irritated because she'd walk around the house, she'd start itching her head, and then you knew, oh, boy, here it comes, you know? My grandfather told me before we uh, got married, he, he said, son, he said, you want to have a happy marriage? He said, just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> he said, let her say whatever she wants to say. Just keep your mouth shut and you'll be a happy man. So, um, and, and that was true. That was my grandfather. You'd never heard my grandfather ever go back at grandma, no matter what it was. He would always just sit there and uh, he'd, he'd just take it and, and, and they'd just go on and they lived a, a marvelous about 60 years together. Um, but, but he told me, right, there's the key to it. You, you just got to know when to shut up. And boy, we don't like to shut up. We like to win, don't we? Uh, I know I do. And um, Stacy always says, you, you just always got to get the last word in, don't you? And, uh, but so much, so much importance here. The Bible tells us, don't let the sun go down, your, uh, go down in your wrath. Be open and honest and truthful in your conversations. Have these conversations, no matter how hard they are. Don't go to bed. Fix your problems. Because when you don't fix them, man, things get compounded on and things get worse, right? Things don't go away. You go, let, let, let's jump down a couple more verses. It says here, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Now, remember the context of what Paul's, uh, Paul's writing here. Paul is writing to the church. He's not writing to just um, a marriages specifically right here. He's writing to the followers of Jesus and saying, this is how you need to act and this is how you need to treat others within the body of Christ because it's important. Now, we apply these things to our other relationships and our marriage relationships, and if this is the way I'm supposed to treat you, shouldn't I treat my wife even better? It just makes sense, doesn't it? You know, so, you know, he says here, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. The first couple things that, 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 that we saw here helps us when, when, when things have kind of gone bad, when, when we've done things the wrong way and how to resolve issues after they've happened. This verse gives us the solution, starts to give us the solution so that the first couple things maybe not ever get to that point. We aren't perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. You know, all of us, all of us are just a mess. And God knew that and he knows that still today about us. You know, so he gave us tools and encouragement and how to handle situations. But things aren't, uh, but things are much better 
when this verse is put into place in our relationships. He says, let no corrupting talk. When you go and uh, you look at the Greek word right there and you get to kind of the core, I mean, it, it, it's real descriptive. Let no corrupting talk. I mean, corrupting talk meaning something that is rotten, that is putrid, that's bad, unfit, that is worthless. It's no longer fit for use or just totally worn out. And he says, don't let those kind of things come out of your mouth as a follower of Jesus. That worthless talk that, 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 that comes out of your mouth that tears down should never, ever be a part of who we are as his followers. What is something that we just seem to just gravitate towards and, and just it's so easy to get caught up in is this thing called gossip, though, isn't it? So easy to get caught up in these things. And, and, and the Bible tells us that, that, that these kind of things, corrupting talk, gossip and all, should never be attributed to the followers of Jesus. Anything that tears down, we need to catch those things before they come out. The problem is what comes out of our mouths typically has its roots somewhere else, and that is down in your hearts because you're not living out of that foundation that we keep referring to in the foundation of a loving relationship with God. Luke 6, 45, Jesus said this, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of, the, out of his evil treasure produces evil. And get this, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So what comes out of your mouth has its root down in your heart. James 1, 26 says, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but de- bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart. He's, James here, the brother of Jesus, is real pointed. He says, this person's religion is worthless. Man, we got to control our tongues. How do you control your tongues? You got to control your heart. You know, if you, have a, if you have a problem with tearing others down, if you have a problem tearing your spouses down and not building them up, you, you, you ultimately have a heart issue. In order to fix the heart issue, you have to get to the root of the problem and fix it. You got to figure out why you are the way you are right there. You got to dig down and deep and figure out why you're, you're responding the way you are out of a heart that, 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 that isn't built on that foundation of love that Jesus wants. But, the, you know, that, that's kind of a sermon for another day right there. But here, here, right, right, right here's the cut, what, what he's trying to teach us, that, that, that we must build each other up. We must build our spouses up. We must build our kids up. We must build our friends up. We must build the church up, the body up, right? We must build our, and here's a tough one, we must build our enemies up. Those that hurt you and those that despise you. It doesn't give us an out to all of a sudden just trash other people, right? That's a tough one, tough one. We must build up. We must build up and not tear down as the followers of Jesus. Proverbs 8.21 says this, says death and life are in the power of the tongue. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Romans chapter 14 says this, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Hebrews 3.13 says, but exhort one another every day as long as it is called when? Today. We are, what you say and how you say it is so important. We should always be mindful of that. 
If you love the other person, this should be just natural. It it ought to be the filter that, that, that we run everything through. Love builds up. It never tears down. What people say and how they say it uh, destroys, and far too many marriages and relationships have been torn apart simply because people are not mindful of what they say. The old adage that, that we learned in elementary school, you know, that, that, that we say in the playgrounds, right, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That isn't quite true, is it? Broken bones will typically heal just fine, but wounds that are received from another's words are difficult. Not impossible, but very difficult sometimes to recover from. I'd rather somebody break my arm sometimes than hear what they say about me, right? Which leads us to the last thing as we're coming through this today. Down in verse number 30, that kind of brings all of this together. Paul says this, starting in verse number 30, he says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do you realize that when we don't, when our relationships aren't functioning right, when our communication isn't right, you know, we're grieving the Holy Spirit within us. It, 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 it breaks his heart. So, so he says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for that day of redemption. He says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. He said, listen, all of these things, these are the things that grieve my heart. He said, these things grieve the heart of God, grieve the Holy Spirit that that lives inside of each and every follower of Jesus. He said, these things, they ought not be part of our lives. Don't live out of bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander. Let those things be put away. But thankfully, he doesn't stop there. He, he doesn't just tell us the things that aren't supposed to be. He said, this is what it looks like right here. And he makes it real simple. He says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. You want to have healthy relationships? Well, here you go. God gave us a pretty good recipe for, for success here in these last couple verses, especially the last verse. He says, be kind. Boy, our world could use a little more kindness, couldn't it? Just to be kind to one another. Boy, we all have differences, right? We all have different opinions on everything. If we just live out of a heart of a kindness, just show kindness to one another. Man, what a difference that would make. You know, sometimes someone finds out uh, something about somebody where, or, 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 or something about someone's political affiliation. And, and if you're different, then all of a sudden, man, all the walls are up and everybody's ready for a fight. That's not the way we're supposed to be designed. That's not the way God wants us to live. We're to be kind, to be compassionate. He said, be kind, be compassionate, be compassionate for one another. You see one another struggling and hurting and down and and, and don't kick that person, but have a little compassion for others. Have compassion for your spouse when they mess up. Be kind. They're not perfect and you know what? You're not perfect either. And then the last thing he said, forgive. Forgive one another, but the basis of forgiveness is not on you. It's on what Jesus did. He said, as God in Christ forgave you. It's really not that hard, is it? If you're a follower of Jesus, these things should be a part of who we are. Who, who, who should we, 
we should be building up. We should be showing kindness. We should be living compassionately. We should be forgiving. We should be the, we should be the most kind and compassionate and everything of all these things that anybody that walks on the earth, the follower of Jesus. A quick note on forgiveness here. This is key. God knows and we know that, that, that unfortunately we are masters of tearing others down, aren't we? Not speaking truths. And boy, we like speaking truths, but we don't like speaking them in love. We're easily offended and, and sometimes we just choose to be bitter instead of better. But God knows that we are not always going to get it right in this area. And, and, and you know what? You're not going to get it all right from this point on. Especially in this area of communication. So, I, so I'm glad he gave us the answer to living free. And that is ultimately through this thing called forgiveness. You know, forgiveness ultimately is for you. An unforgiving person is a person that lives in a prison of their own making. Your husband, your wife, your kids... They may never come and ask for forgiveness for something or whatever they said that hurt you. And you know what? Sometimes they might not even know. There are times where I've hurt Stacy, and I didn't even realize I hurt her until later. Sometimes they might not even re- re- realize that they hurt you. But, 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 but if you want to live free and live a life of joy, then you must be willing to forgive even when the other person you feel like doesn't really deserve it. You want to be what God wants you to be? You've got to be willing to step into this uncomfortable area of forgiveness. And the basis of that is that God forgave you when he gave us Jesus. As God and Christ forgave you, we didn't. Here's the thing, guys. We didn't and don't deserve the forgiveness of God. But he gives it to us freely. Why? Because he loves us. If you don't hear anything else today, remember this right here. This is, right here's the whole point of the message. You want to have good communication? then you got to live out of this heart, live out of this place. He loved you so much that he gave his son for you. He forgave you when you were just a mess, when I was just a mess. We didn't deserve it. You want to live life in such a way to have thriving relationships, a thriving marriage? Then you're going to have to learn to forgive. The moment you choose not to forgive, you are living in an area that is outside the nature of God. And the nature that lives within you as his follower. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. So what do you do with this this week? So what do you do whenever you leave here today? You know, you, you, you might have fought the whole way to church. And as soon as you got out of the car, you put on a smiling face and came in here and sang the songs. And you know you're going to get back in the car and face the same problems that, 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 that you came in with. So what do you do? We can't solve all your problems in a 30-minute sermon here. But hopefully you got a few tools here that, what do you do now? Well, you got to learn to be honest with one another. you got to go back to that foundation. you you, you, you got to make sure that you're building your relationship on the foundation, which is Jesus, right? Living out of that place of love. you got to be honest. you got to build up. When you want to tear down, when you want to say that thing that you know you shouldn't say, don't say it. Build up. Be kind. Go out. If there's any simplest thing to do this week, just be kind. It's really not that hard. Be kind. Be compassionate. And forgive. Forgive. Maybe you're thinking there in your seat or, or, or online, 
that this whole thing is just rather kind of hard, especially in the area of forgiveness. Just maybe you can't forgive, though, because you've never accepted that forgiveness that Jesus has for you. Maybe you can't forgive because you haven't first not only accepted his forgiveness and then let yourself off the hook as well. Has there been ever a moment in your life where you stepped into the love of God? When you've stepped into that and received the forgiveness from a God that loves you more than anything. Maybe you're here today and you're ready to follow Jesus. You're ready to say yes to him, to step across that line of faith. You've that you've heard us talk about so much around here and you've heard us talk about how much God loves you and that he sent his son to die for you so that you could have life. If that's you, boy, today you can step across that line of faith and it's, it's nothing magical. There's no magic words or anything like that. Boy, today could be the greatest day of your life to become his, to be a follower. Well, would you bow your heads and close your eyes here for just the final moments here this morning? Well, I don't know how it is with you and where you're at right there. But I know for Life Church to ever be its strongest, its homes need to be strong. They got to be filled with kindness and compassion and hope and life giving and building up and not tearing down. My prayer over the last couple weeks is that God would just do some crazy radical stuff in lives and in homes and that homes would be built upon His love around here. I want to pray a prayer here in just a minute for you with that. But before we get to that, if that's you today and you've never chosen to follow Jesus in your life, well, you can do that right there in your seat. You can do that right there online. Real simply, by say, saying this prayer right right, right here, you, it, there in the quietness of, of your seat, you can say this, God, I'm a sinner. I'm messed up. I'm lost without you. Thank you for Jesus and the sacrifice he made for me. I want to say yes to you today. I want to follow you with my life. Take me. Make me yours. If that's you today, and you said that prayer, you're stepping across that line of faith, you're saying yes to him, just simply just, just raise your hand just real quick. I, I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to come to you. I just want to pray for you. I want to rejoice with you today. If that's you... Just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much. God, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for the foundation that, Lord, you've given us everything we need in order to be successful in life, in order to thrive, in order to be what you desire for us. You just didn't leave us to, to, to just try to figure this stuff out, but you gave us your precious word. So God, I pray that we would take these things that we talked about and then apply them to our relationships to put them in play uh, there in our communication. God, I pray that we would know what it is to truly love one another, to put others first, Lord, to put our spouse before ourselves, to be kind, to be compassionate. God, I pray that you'd bless the homes in our church here, God. God, I pray that you build up homes that are built upon your love. God, again, we love you, Lord. We, we entrust our homes to you. We, we, we again give our kids back to you, God. God, again, we thank you for this time. God, and I pray, Lord, for those that, uh, Lord, that, that your Holy Spirit is just tugging on, Lord, for that, that you're working there about, Lord, making a decision to follow you. God, I pray that you give them the faith to do so. 
Again, God, we love you and we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with us and sing?
Strong. 